Hey guys, welcome to Masters in E-Commerce and for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Andrew Strauss, and I'm joined here with Dustin Dye um, and of BotCopy, the CEO of BotCopy, uh, you know, and uh, really doing some really cool, interesting stuff. He was um, worked over at uh, Expert Dojo before, helping startups um, in that space, mentoring and, and walking them through and how to succeed um, over there, and led to his sort of foray into AI and bots, uh, getting uh, hooked up with some of those uh, companies in there, and uh, led to him helping with uh, a company called Doc and Swelly uh, grow pretty massive, I guess, uh, on where there are. And so we're in for a real treat because we're going to talk to uh, Dustin about that, his experience, and uh, where the bot uh, injury is going, AI, all that kind of stuff. And if I left anything out, Dustin, you know, please fill, fill it in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good place to start. We'll, we'll go from there. Okay, cool. So anyway, um, so today, we're, we're, what I wanted to really talk to, you know, what we want to kind of find out a little bit is about it's like, so you've been in the space for how long now, would you say? Um, so in the startup space, uh, about four or five years, okay. um, particularly in AI and these chatbots, about a year and a half, coming up on two years. Okay. Um, October. October. Okay. Cool. So in, in terms of this, like now you, you know, you work with two sort of companies right now, right? Mm -hmm. Doc and um, Swelly. What was the, the idea and the premise behind those types of apps? Cause I played around with them, but our messengering kind of things, like what, what was the premise behind those? So there's, there's, there's two things. We've got um, a handful of corporate clients that the premise is more, you know, FAQs and customer service to even we've slowly been building in some HR and things like that as far as like the chat functionality. Because uh, when, when we came in and we first started, um, it was just for fun. You know, I looked at, I was good friends with Peter, um, CEO of Swell, and he came through Expert Dojo, the accelerator uh, here in Santa Monica that I'm affiliated with. And um, I noticed there was like a, a few things that we could change within their copywriting on the language of the font that I just wanted to give my best shot at. And, and Peter's a good friend of mine. So um, I sat down with actually Fred, his, his other co-founder, and got to just rewrite you know, a script that was more fitting in my opinion for their demographic, which was primarily a... 18 to 25 year old females at the time mm -hmm. and just gave it a little more pizzazz and cute personality and gave their a whale on a brand of brandable presence right. and they AB and tested it and immediately they had just phenomenal feedback from it and um and they were already growing pretty quickly, but then afterwards their retention and their growth, you know, started to increase more and more. So they've made a handful of changes since that beginning onboarding experience mm -hmm. that um, we took a look at, but it was that that really sparked the interest that, oh, wow, you know, copywriting and UX and all this stuff has mm -hmm. such a big play into these conversations and how to do it that let's start there and, and figure it out. 
And um, from there, I looked at some of the other startup companies um, in the area, which was uh, Doc. And Doc is a parking um, bot. You know, it helps you find parking. So we're integrating with um, Google Maps and Alexa and all the smart home features pretty soon. So before you know it, you're going to be able to talk to your car um, and tell it where to park. Wow. Which will, which will be cool. And we, we saw in the beginning when before we had worked with them, they had a pretty slick app. Um, but when you're parking, it's a pretty like quick experience. Like you just want, you want shit and you want it quick. Um, you want to get, you want to get to your parking lot. And if you don't have an app, the last thing you want to do is like download an app to figure out how to park. So we, we were able to cut that onboarding experience just through Facebook messenger from, I think we recorded it at like nine and a half minutes to download the find app, uh, parking with the app to 25 seconds. Wow. Okay. That's so that was the first like, okay, you know, we might be onto something. What else can we automate and, and curate in this experience? So then we looked at owners and now owners can walk out of their home with their smart home and their driveway starts making them money. Right. So they can just say, open, open the spot. I'm going to work. And then when they get back, they can take those spots. They get notifications if people park and the bot automatically transfers them money afterwards. Um, so it was just all around a cool, um, more forward-thinking, Emily's the CEO there, um, projects that, you know, I wanted to take our, our creative writing team and see what we could do. Uh, because the, the app was, the, the idea, I've heard it several times before, like people coming up with a startup for parking. Um, it's not the first person on, on the block. Right. That, but Emily's just she's pretty savvy and really wanted to invest into AI and machine learning and I thought doing that and, and looking at the future of like autonomous cars and things where you could just tell the car to go dock itself right uh, would be would be a cool experience so that was we saw the idea we saw the vision and that AI could really you know help that you know product and it wasn't a you know, Fortune 500, you know, company where the copy was pretty technical and straightforward and bland and right. they ask about product Z, give this description and then dish them there. So it was just an exciting startup project to help out with. And, you know, so it was one of the first two that we really took on in the very beginning about a year, coming up like on a year now. You know, okay. Okay. whole over. Right. So do you yeah. find like in terms of, cause obviously it's a bot copy. Um, do you find that that is the key to success with any sort of messaging AI kind of experience for the user? Uh, the conversation, the copy itself. Yeah. The conversation. So like you've like you said that you took on the, the pre-existing copy and then re made it, you know, made it fun. Right. I mean, is it just that, making it snappy or like what, what is that, that, that makes the experience? Well, there, there's two things. It's one, like I think over the past, like five to 10 years, like traditional copywriters that are hired to write web content mm. are, uh, the, the copy style is supposed to be pretty bland and straightforward because that's what is shown. Like if you make it super obvious, people are going to click this button 
at a higher rate than if right. you make it like super branded and funky or you know try to make a style for that and the whole that whole theory kind of changes when it's in like a personal messaging space and it's like a one-on-one -on -one conversation mm. where the context isn't like read all about this in their way in this linear pattern like you see on a website or however you want to navigate it it's like you can chat with it um so we've seen some really cool um conversion rates and retentions by adding um specific personality types and giving it a little bit of flavor you know not nothing over the top mm -hmm. but you know giving it some you know personality um works right uh, for, the, for the most part and and sometimes that personality depending on the brand and who you're chatting with is bland like it is uh, we look at alexa and we say alexa is this she's not like sexy or Right. Um, you know, super outside the box or nice. She's kind right. of this like punchy, like techy, cool mixture. But if you write in her language and her style, it actually is very like, it's a nice conversation to have. You just need to understand like how people with that personality typically talk and then, right. and then you can go forward with that. Would you do that? So, so in terms of like the stuff that gets those users to interact with them or like what type, I mean, I guess it's just a case by case of mm -hmm. how, how they interact with like the brand itself, I guess. Is that kind of, I mean, it's, I mean, you can't just write yeah. like fun, punchy copy for everybody. It might be more serious. Yeah, totally. totally. And you can't just focus on the copy, you know, right. there's a whole like UX behind it, you know, and, and almost every week they're coming out with some new, like, fun stuff to play around with, whether that's like AR experiences within the conversation or images or videos, like these are all very important and part of the conversation. Um, you know, just the, the micro copier things to deliver it there are, are still really crucial, but you got to play around and understand the experience in the whole. Right. One, one, one thing that we really see people get in trouble with um, in the space is not having kind of a backbone for the conversation. Um, mm. Understanding like where you, like what the business, you know, what, what their objectives are and how to get people there. Mm. And if they go outside of there, how to get them back. Mm. Um, and there, there was a recent article on like VentureBeat about how NLP um, doesn't work. Um, I don't agree with it, it doesn't work. Right. Um, I think I think buttons in the beginning to get people to where you want to go and the first time users help them understand and create that journey and path are crucial. Right. But implementing the right NLP um, to help coincide with that and, and make it a, a cohesive experience. So having both um, and building NLP with based on demand and not just like cool product ideas. You know, I think that's. That's something that isn't new to any business over the past hundred years is build based on, you know, feedback and demand and pivot your company and in, into the direction that, you know, people are essentially paying for. That is a cool idea. We, we've seen a lot of companies just get carried away with these conversations and what the AI can potentially do. And all of a sudden the maps just get <laughs> way outrageous and it ends up being a useless tool that like people start chatting with it about beer and it sells like movie tickets, you know, it's like, oh, fuck. where do you really go? 
Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing. I think that, you know, ideas can be thrown into the, this conversation and you want to have like multiple things. But but you're right. I think that if the brand or what they're trying to accomplish, their end goal in mind, working backwards is probably the smarter way to go about creating the conversations, would you say? Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know if, if you've read, I published an article um, about our theory that we practice here at Bot Copy. Um, it's, we, we call it cut theory. It can, right, it can yes. really be any acronym, um, but we use checkpoints, um, which traditionally we look at as far as like a, a Y access. Right. So checkpoints would, would tie closely to the business's KPI, okay. so what they're trying to achieve. And understanding, um, well, I think in that article I used the banking analogy, where if right. you're a bank, you know you're going to hire us or someone else um, for the bot to do some specific tasks. You know, not tell people where the local zoo is. You, you know, you want banking tasks and those tasks. You know, and simply like maybe they forgot their uh, password, their credit card is 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 scratched and they can't use it you know and what we've seen a lot of the tasks kind of are aligned with what they spend a lot of time repetitively on like call centers and things like that that right. like they spend hours on we we did we added it up with one of our clients and they're spending over you know three million dollars annually just figuring out scratch scratch like card issues <laughs> So, you know, that, those kind of entry points, we, we consider those checkpoints. So, okay, that's checkpoint one. The checkpoint two could be um, they want to check on a transfer if it's a bank, like so transfer activities. Right. And there's, no, there's not necessarily a linear pattern to yeah. how the checkpoints go. They're just like understanding that they came into this part of the conversation. You right. Know, the same thing if you... If, you're a gamer or something and you're playing some game and it's a choose your own destiny. Right. You know, and you chose, choose to go on this one storyline. Well, you enter that checkpoint essentially. You can go back to the other storylines and have those conversations, but that's that. And right. then in those checkpoints, um, if you look at like an X access, we have understanding logic. So within your card being scratched, what about that card? Is scratch, what type of card is it? Is it a debit card? Where are you located so we can send you a new one? Those are all things that we understand about the user mm -hmm. uh, that start to create this kind of like what we call like a conversational code. So if there's like, if each, if a debit card is um, understanding one and a credit card is understanding two and a scratch card issue is a checkpoint one, and user comes in and says, "Hey, I've had a problem. Um, my credit card, my credit card is scratched. I need a new one." Well, they would recognize that, you know, credit card is scratched, so it'd be C1, and it's a credit card, so it'd be C1 U2. Right. Um, and and that code over time gives us so much information about where users go, what looks like a really common pattern how they communicate with us, which mm. allows us instead of thinking in like a grand scope in the very beginning to kind of build based on those patterns that we start to recognize. And right. 
So a lot of the times you're building more on that MVP kind of stuff, right? When you're starting uh, and then you keep adding to those feature types of things pretty much. In the we, we've, we've seen the most success um, there. Well, it, it is fun like getting like massive projects to kind of just go crazy on. I just think it's best practice to, you know, take it like a natural conversation. You wouldn't walk up to someone at a bar that you're, um, trying to meet and just right. open up with like your whole life story. <laughs> I want to have a kid. I'm like, I think a big house on the range. <laughs> yeah. Really, really, really good guy. Got yeah, right. brother. Should be my mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's right here. <laughs> Checkpoint seven. Mom. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, right, let's FaceTime her now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Here's the, uh, here's the here's the marriage counselor outside. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's yeah. That's really because I think you're you're right on that at that point where people tend to like. I mean, if you've seen like many chats or all these kinds of things, I mean, those flows that people are building, the logic isn't smart inside of those things. I mean, usually they're there to just sell, right? I mean, it's just really like, yeah. hey, ask these few questions and, and moving to sell. I think you're right. I think you've got to warm that relationship up with like anything else and asking those sorts of types of questions and getting, getting those people in there. Um, now, have you seen like, like in, in terms of things of like where, sorry, like, so, so you were saying stuff on like the HR side of things. I mean, do you see that becoming uh, more and more uh, where people are going to be like using these to sort of screen and do like the chats themselves as like higher HR first line of defense? Yeah, so it's, it's funny that you asked that. So um, yesterday I had a few of our interns because they were all, uh, all graduating from USC and they're working, they, they were like asking me to like look at their resume and things like that and give them some feedback. It sparked this like really interesting idea because they were cool resumes, like a little different than the resumes that I used to have, um, just a little more graphical and things like that. So I was like, you know, it would be really interesting is if we created a resume for our bot and started submitting it to all the HR and jobs, like jobs on Indeed and Monster and tell them just like, you know, hire this instead. <laughs> so I, I think so. I, I think that it is coming. I see the use case. Um, I mean, it, it would work off of like a trigger-based system. So basically, let's in an HR perspective, new hire comes in. Right. You know, you hire um, Johnny Smith, and he comes in, and his, his account is created in the corporate structure, and that pings the system, and it pings the system that Johnny is new, and he needs to get his insurance, he needs to get X, Y, and Z all sent, and it sends him a note, hey, Johnny, welcome to the team, we look forward to having you, we could collect this, little, this file, we'll get your insurance, your... Um, your salary and all this other stuff, you know, linked up. If you have any questions, just shoot here. And I think those those simple use case again, it's like really repetitive tasks that that can be trigger based. Right. Um, that would make the most sense. Um, you know, nothing like oh, you know, you're having a, a, a difficult time. You're not showing up to work. You've had a life like crisis. Go ahead and talk to our HR bot. And it should do the trick. Um, yeah, right. That has gone there yet. You really need that human touch to help some people out. Um, but then again, like those, you know, 
these kind of tools also help people in the HR department, you know? Right. Um, so if there is something that helps facilitate, I mean, if you have, if you have a thousand employees or 10,000 employees and you're getting all these new things a day, our new employees a day, and these are all this automation is being sent out instead of sending it all out and just like each maybe each individual email, you can oversee, you know, 50 to 60 at once and make sure that there isn't any problems or see that one or two people are having, you know, problems and you could just give them a call things like that. So, right. Right. There will always be like a, typically when we're building, we look at it like, okay, this is going to be in the beginning, it's going to be 30% of what you've hired of us is going to work. Um, the bot is going to be able to handle it. The other 70% is going to be, dished over to maybe a live agent or ping to someone that can look at it, teach it how to fix it in the, in the future because it doesn't understand the problem at hand mm. and then move from there. And then move that pendulum forward so it becomes 40, 60, becomes 50, 50, and then, you know, right. the bot gets smarter and smarter. Smart. Yeah. Right. Now, how do you see it um, in e-commerce? I mean, what, what use cases do you see sort of in an e-commerce perspective? Mm -hmm. from E-commerce is interesting. You know, there's, there's a, few, a few different perspectives. Um, we're working with a company right now called True Package um, that we're helping on the logistics um, standpoint. So it's, it's a way for, uh, to get the best deal on packaging products and, and, and not like shipping them, but at least the packaging materials. Mm, okay. um, and I think that is, is one of the biggest um, not packaging itself, but having the bot like recognize like purchasing habits, mm -hmm. recognizing um, trends, patterns, what people are doing in specific areas. And I think that's really important, like in specific geolocated areas. Like with Swelly, um, they're able to tell you what's trending in, in like specific cities. So having like, it just if you can imagine having Swelly within your company and it says hey you know here's here's what you should order next month based on the demand um now now swelly then would communicate with something like true package and it would say in order to get this done at the best price here's the here's your you know, your packaging price and then like logistically it would get there so just handling i think supply chain management would be you know first step right. um having a chatbot on on the e-commerce site to to sell products and get people down into like an email marketing traditionally an email marketing cam, campaign but now it's like an sms campaign is is pretty powerful as well you know telling them about these trends like walking them through that right. um and and with ar experiences on top of that like i think if you're chatting with the bot you're like hey i really like the sweater and i see what it would look like on me and they could have like maybe a design where it would show you, you know, this is a, you know, nice shirt, whatever. Um, this is what it would look like on you. And then it could even send it like, well, and people could put it on it. So right. there's, there's a lot of cool things within the e-commerce space. And I, I would keep tying it to clothing. Um, it could be anything, right. you know, especially if you're shopping for someone else. Right. It's always nice to have someone to chat with. Um, right. If you're shopping for mom, if you're shopping for dad, if you're shopping for your sister, girlfriend, wife, whatever it may be, um, maybe maybe just a little bot to say, hey, like I'm looking for a gift for my wife. Um, 
you know, can you help me out? And right. it says, okay, like, what's your style? You know, is she adventurous? Is she into yoga? Is she like music? Does she uh, want to travel, write, you know, get, get to know who they, who they are right. and, and give you like a personal recommendation. I right. think like purchasing habits off of recommendations are way higher than just randomly stumbling upon things. So that's, that's well, what, what, do you, what have you guys seen? Well, we've seen that. I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff where, um, you know, uh, I think it, it, the one thing is, is it's very new and people don't understand the whole thing, right? Of, of like, oh, I can yeah. just purchase this type of thing, right? So I think that the conversation has to be, you know, uh, it's really about the merchandising of the product, right? I think it's the Amazon-esque like stuff. So like most people that have done their research are going to come and want to buy, right? So impulse buy type things, sure, you know, you, you can do those $20 type of things. If you go into a higher realm of say, you know, $100 type of thing, right? They might engage with the bot, look at it, then go and want to find a little bit of information from their friends and then come back to buy kind of stuff, right? So yeah. I think, I think, you know, on, on the, the real true thing is, is that when you're doing these kind of bot type things, you know, uh, and sales with e-commerce, it's not about your whole store. Like we said before, it's, it's, it's really about the micro transaction that you're doing, right? Because you don't think you want, because it's not an experience where you want to be like, oh man, I got this item and I'm going to do this. You know, it's, it's not that kind of a thing. It's not an e-commerce yeah. store. It's more on that micro, the, the additional happens when you do those product upsells or if you're bundling, you know, like you're doing the uh, upsells or downsells after they've given you your credit card, then then that's the kind of stuff that you can then, you know, double your your checkout, increase your ROS, you know, your return on ad spend and your ROI. So if it takes you a dollar to get there, maybe that product is a lost leader. The first thing they're doing, like they do free plus shipping type of offers, right? But on that upsell, then they put another one of those cards and it's six bucks while well, you just cover your $2 or a dollar for, for the ad kind of stuff, right? So that's, I think, where like the commerce, you're taking those kind of landing pages, uh, companies like ClickFunnels and Lead Pages and all these types of things and building those into a chat experience because I do think not having to, um, having to fill in the forms and say, yes, I want one of these or two of the, you know, it's, it's nice to have it walk you through. I mean, it's quick and it's easy, you know, and, and then once you're remembered, you know, then I think that that part makes the, even the transaction happen even faster because you're like, they remember your address, they remember your, you know, uh, your credit card and you check out, right? And that's, that's that mm -hmm. kind of where we see this kind of in, in that realm, you know. Well, one, one thing that really got, like, got me with this space um, is, is the fact that, you know, the AI or chat or bots, the experience is really now are, are allowing people to interact and engage with businesses anywhere at any time. Right. You know, so we're not subject to slouching over a computer and looking at staring at a screen. Right. Um, you can interact like on the train or on the go or, you know, even if I double click my, my ear thing. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's fear of me. Um, right. So that, that part really got me hooked in the space and being able to have different experiences. And, uh, you know, you, I was in London um, over the summer speaking at um, the 
one of the London AI expos. And I went out into like, um, there's a park next to the expo and there's this massive statue and the statue has this QR code. Mm. And I scanned it and all of a sudden it triggered, you know, this, the statue started speaking right. to me. Right. I think I saw that <laughs> in one of your blog posts. <laughs> like, oh, wow. You know, that, that's cool. You know, that's like taking the business and really giving it some legs. So with e-commerce space, um, I think that there's going to be this cool shift back to, you know, brick and mortar places where instead of just like being a shop where you can buy, it's all like experience driven. You look at on the promenade here, the new Google store, it's got like the Google store, but it's putt putt golf. Like how cool is that? Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know if I'm gonna buy something from Google, uh, but I'll play putt putt golf, and then I'll get they'll get me in there, and I'll see all the cool Google shit. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think that's where retail is kind of going. I think the experiential type of thing of, of retail, um, and you know, today I really don't think it's so much if that if they have that product in the store, is is if they could go in, feel, and touch that product. So the the, the I, I'm a big believer on these micro stores where you have all that product, like you know uh, Bonobos and you know some of these other places where you go in there, you try on the clothing. But in three days or five days, you get that kind of clothing, but you get the experience of a, you know, a knowledgeable salesperson. They're not really pressuring you, but they're in your best interest to make you look good and say, oh, yeah, these pants go with this and they go with that or whatever. Right. I think yeah. that's kind of where this stuff is kind of going, where you have one off products and, and with the free shipping and all this kind of stuff. I think people can experience and they would like to maybe, like you said, like on that, on that going through, you know, the museum thing or the QR code. I mean, you could do that same sort of thing. Like we have got um, the ability for um, at food festivals and food trucks and stuff with a QR code or uh, just chat about uh, uh, hashtagging the, the, um, the um, foods, uh, the business's name will pull up the menu. So think when you're at a festival, right? You know, if there's these huge lines or these food, food grids or off the grid or whatever, you know, kinds of stuff. And, you know, you want to try six or seven, but when you see a huge line, you're like, oh, forget, me, which is the slowest line because I'm kind of hungry. I don't want to try it, you know, which is a huge benefit to the merchant because now they're moving two times as many people through the line. They're increasing yeah. their value and then people start to spread about it. And then if you are in your office and it's raining and you know that you can do this and these guys don't are not very tech savvy, you can now bring this tech savviness to them. And then people order, and then as soon as that order is ready, it just pings them, they come and pick it up, or they have a third-party delivery service. So I think that there's lots of potential, I think, in the, in the food space um, with this. And then, you know, we do enterprise stuff with um, uh, some, one of the big movie uh, studios. And what we do is you just can hashtag the movie name and buy the tickets. I mean, you know, kind of stuff like that. And so, so people enjoy that, that experience, you know, on that side of things. But that, that's kind of where I see it. You know, I think that the, it's, it's so new that people just don't understand how to interact with these, these bots, right? And I think that one, one other thing is I think that, you know, there's many different platforms. I mean, I mean I'm sure you see this, right? Where you've got Facebook Messenger as the king of, of messaging, but, you know, there's lots of things where you can do web widgets and things like that where you don't need mm -hmm. Facebook. And, you know, frankly, their rules are changing um, you know, from where a lot of these services used to be app, you know, sort of 
you know, app driven, they're going to be page based. So because, you know, they're just getting a lot of, you know, a lot of spam coming through these things and they don't want to ruin that experience. So pages are going to have to apply to Google to be able to message to their users and it won't be like promotional types of things. They got this 24-1 thing coming up. So it's like 24 hours you can send a promotion and after that, if they don't react in that, you can send them some other content. I don't know. Have you seen things like that? I mean, in your, in your, in your stuff? Yeah, so we're, um, we're working on a few of our own little pieces of software to enhance that experience at the moment right now as well. Um, particularly because a lot of the corporate clients didn't necessarily want to subject all their users they have to log in through Facebook. Right. But they did want a messenger experience. So it's kind of like, well, how do we, uh, how do we balance the two? So to give you a web widget and things like that and right. curate these like beautiful conversations. And then, you know, once, once we've had a conversation, they know what we're doing. Maybe it's a sales pitch. Maybe it's like answering an FAQ. Right. How do you want to continue the conversation? Is it SMS? We can do that. Is it email? Um, we like email. We can do it. Um, our one of our co-founders here uh, was a big part of Mad Mimi during their exit to GoGoDaddy. So we understand email really well. We love the conversion rates outside of email, so it's like Messenger and SMS. But right. some people just like an email. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you have to communicate to your users where they like it. Like they might want to read, you know, whatever they're sitting on the, they're in the bathroom and they want to do on email, you know, they don't want to do messenger. I mean, it's really one of these things where I think that the app culture is going to change towards the messenger culture where, where you, you know, what's really nice about the, you know, the, the, bot, the web widget type bots is that, you know, the app development isn't there. You can change it a lot quicker. You can make things happen. You can interact with, you know, Alexa and different things, right? I mean, this is really, yeah. really, I think they're, they're cool. And you don't have to develop on two different operating systems. Right, exactly. That's just like, and again, back to the like anywhere, everywhere, anytime, right. anyone. Right. Yeah, it's just like, you know, our, our little slogan now is making AI accessible. Right. And, you know, through conversation and, and things like that. But right. you know, that, that's our, what we find is the biggest value proposition to right. learn, like bots, like make your business successful. You know, sure. you've got Generation Z who, you know, don't even know what Facebook is. <laughs> right, I, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and obviously not literally, but they're just not using it. And, right. The right. They've capped them off at 13, but they're obsessed with messaging apps. Right. And, you know, chatting with their friends and doing big, you know, video, you know, casts and yeah. staying up really late playing Fortnite with like 10 friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you play Fortnite, but my son does. <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing quite a bit with my little brother. Yeah, oh, okay. I was kind of against it at first, but then, you know, started. I'm like, dude, do you kill anybody or you just get killed all the time? Because I don't know. I'm not sure. He's like, I'm, I kept. I'm one of those guys that get killed all the time. You know, I'm just like hiding in like a bush until like comes up behind me and like stabs me. I know. It's kind of addicting. <laughs> I know. It is kind of funny. I watch this and he play it all the time. I'm like, dude, you've got to be aggressive to go out there unless you're going to sit and hide behind a thing. You never do it. My daughter, she's like, all, you know, always doesn't care. She's all at this thing, but it, it's funny to see the difference in, in the two kind of things. Uh, I had this, I had this debate with my brother because he's pretty good. 
he's got like he's doing all the building stuff and he's shooting like everybody and getting racking up some kills. And I'm not like I am get I get really excited if I play something <laughs> uh, in the game. <laughs> and, um, and so I convinced him that it's not about you know killing; it's about how long we can last. Right. And so he's like, "But you got like, but I'm getting so many kills." I'm like, "But I'm, I'm under, I'm in the like last twenty, the last twenty people standing every game." And he's like, <laughs> "We have this this huge debate over it because right. I suck, and the only way I can beat him is like say the point of the game is to, is to be the last one standing, right?" He's like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay. Well, I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, cool. So, hey, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know that, you know, I'm sure you're kind of busy, but I did want to ask you one thing. Um, yeah. Out of your, like, so you're pretty, seem, uh, three, like, what, like, keeps you sort of in the know of, like, staying current with things? Is there three kinds that, like, are there you know, top three books you read or magazines or is, not even magazines, but websites or things like that that keep you kind of current in, in the space itself? Like, what do, you, what do you like to do on to keep yourself knowledgeable? Um, I'd like to just stay involved with, so there's so many like early leaders right now. And I think that if any industry and especially new tech innovation um, type of thing, it really needs drivers. You know, there's plenty of um, technical support and engineers um, but really understanding how to drive what the technology is, you know, to like a mainstream audience and at the end of the day to bring, to bring a product that adds a significant amount of value. Right. Um, and understanding where, where those people are. So there's um, you know, I'm good friends with, with Peter and Quelly and we chat you know, three, once, twice a week. Um, you know, Stefan, who's got Chat About Life, which is a magazine uh, and, and blog to be a part of. There's several bot groups on Facebook. Um, and then, you know, one thing that I find actually really good and, um, is Apple News. Apple News. I look, I look at the AI, you know, stuff that comes in and they're really making it good as far as like curating content that is relevant to me. Mm. Uh, based on what I've been reading. So I do like Apple News. Um, it usually spends, you know, the first two, two to three hours a day, you know, just kind of reading new articles, stuff that, you know, tech advances that are coming out, look at Crunchbase, see what, like where money is going, um, mm -hmm. understand kind of the landscape. Right. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that you can do is understand like cash flow. Sure. Yeah. Where is it going? You know, you look at this, more or less a, a wild west between, you know, AI and, and also blockchain right now. And just to really feel out the landscape, you know, what's the market look like? Who's using it? What can it do? But how can I start, how can I start selling something now? You know, right. Today? Right. And, and create enough breadcrumbs to get to this bigger picture and be part of, you know, the future that, I want to be a part of creating as well. And right, right, right. Cool. Awesome. So, um, does it, where, where can people find out more about uh, you and Bot Copy and things like that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, botcopy.com. Um, you know, our blog is on there and stuff like that. I, I try to write at least one or two articles a week. Um, it's a lot. We've got a whole staff of writers, so it, it usually it's a little easier 
for me, but we do get kind of busy sometimes, so <laughs> don't hold me to that. Um, and then my my personal email is dust at bobcoffee.com, B-U-S-T. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can just shoot me an email. Um, my LinkedIn is, is just Dustin Dye, D-Y-E. Um, you want to connect with me there as well. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's probably the best. That's awesome. Well, that's good. Well, I really do appreciate the time uh, you gave and some, learned some really cool stuff, explored some new, some new ideas, uh, which is really great. Um, and yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing you actually at the conference that we'll be uh, attending as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a month away. I look forward to yeah, seeing you there. Exactly. I'm in uh, Pasadena beforehand. You're kind of right next door. We'll have to grab a beer or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So awesome. Great. I appreciate the time and uh, have a good day. All right, cheers, man. Take care. Bye.